Hey guys, welcome to the Georgia Field Hunting Podcast, episode 32. I'm your host, Brian Grossman, here with co-host Robert Nelson. And today we're doing something a little bit different, something that uh, I think, or at least I hope uh, you guys will, will enjoy and be able to kind of put to use out there in the field. And we're going to do our very first, uh, what we're calling a Georgia rut report. And basically it's uh if you've listened to what if you're a wired to hunt listener you've heard something similar with their rut fresh radio but we we just wanted to we're going to talk a little bit me and robert are about what we're seeing where we're at in in our parts of the state and we're also going to get a few other guys on the line as well uh to talk about what they're seeing in their area so uh got a few people lined up um our North Georgia guy, I have not heard back from yet. Hopefully he gets a hold of us before we finish all this recording tonight. But if not, I apologize to you North Georgia folks. Um, if you're a North Georgia deer hunter and you want to come on the podcast on the next one, because we do plan to do these a little more frequently throughout the season. But if you're a North Georgia deer hunter and you want to talk about kind of what you're seeing in your neck of the woods, what the deer feeding on, um, what you're seeing as far as rut sign, that kind of stuff, uh, hit us up on social media. Um, send us uh, an email or whatever, and uh, we might might get you on the podcast here, uh, or really any part of the state for that matter. Uh, we'll mix this up. We're not going to necessarily use the same people every time, but um, yeah. But tonight we got uh, Joy Norton with Norton Outdoors, who will be joining us on here. Uh, we got um, Jordan Barnes uh, of Close Proximity TV. And uh, we might have a guy from North Georgia that <laughs> we'll introduce if we, we end up getting <laughs> him on here. But uh, with that, we're going to just start out, Robert and I are, and talk about what we're seeing in our neck of the woods. And I'll go ahead and let Robert kick this thing off and uh, well, I guess start by kind of explaining to him where you are in the state and then uh, what, what you've been seeing here recently. Okay. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm hunting in the southwest part of the state. And... It's kind of hard to explain, Brian, because the deer movement's been really slow the last couple of weeks, but also I've been seeing a lot of mature bucks. So I know I know that sounds funny, but I've seen three mature bucks in three weeks, but I haven't seen a single doe. <laughs> and yeah. when 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 I say that though, when when I say three mature bucks in three weeks, that's also I'm hunting on the weekends mostly. So that's like in six hunts, I've seen three mature bucks. So ultimately, that's really good. But then in the same sense, I'm not seeing a lot of deer. But I mean, the the deer right now, they're feeding real heavily, heavily on the acorns. They've started falling, so they've transitioned out of the, the summer browse and out of the ag. There's a lot of ag fields down here, and they've transitioned out of that into the acorns. I mean, I've got cameras all them so i'm getting the pictures of them just haven't seen them or they haven't come by when i've been there and you know i'm seeing the uh, buck i had an encounter with last night he uh he seemed like he was cruising he was moving at a real fast pace um kind of head to the ground not really not really moseying along feeding almost like he was on a mission looking for something and he ended up winding me and it didn't work out. And then the night before that, I saw another buck that was a shooter as well. And it didn't play out. He ended up seeing me before I saw him. He came in in a thicket and I didn't hear him coming. And he got on me before I got on him. And he seemed a little more from his demeanor. He was feeding, not really cruising or searching, just kind of moseying along through that thicket. And he just busted me. And so I'm expecting over the next couple of weeks, 
it's going to get better and better. Um, hopefully we can get some cold weather. It's supposed to get real hot again down here, but hopefully we can get some more of these cold fronts. And we're a little behind up here. I'm actually going home in two weeks, uh, the weekend of Halloween, and probably the that weekend and the weekend after, and I'm going to hunt up there because I'll be right in the prime of the rut. But down here, I would imagine we're still – it's the 19th today as we're recording this of October, and we're still three to four weeks out from really getting good. Uh, I'd yeah. imagine the pre, the pre-rut's going to be around November 10th or so where I'm at because the peak is projected for the 25th. So we're still a couple weeks away, but I'm seeing mature bucks. I haven't been able to capitalize, had another heartbreak, <laughs> you know, two heartbreaks uh, this past weekend. And, but I'm in the bucks, but I'm just not seeing the does. So the deer movement's been decent, but I'm also not hunting, you know, the quote unquote pretty woods. Yeah. Uh, I'm hunting where it's real thick. I've been, uh, the way I've been doing it, I've been running my cameras, checking them, and I'm getting a lot of mature bucks on camera, but a lot of them are obviously at night or right before daylight. I'm getting a lot of pictures right before daylight within an hour, hour to 30 minutes. And so the last two bucks I got on, and even the one that we talked about a couple weeks ago, the really big 10-pointer, all three of those bucks, um, besides the 10, I didn't have any pictures of him. I was actually backtracking another buck and happened to run into him. But I'm getting the pictures, and I'm looking at them and saying, okay, where are these deer going? So the buck I got on yesterday afternoon – same situation there had a couple mature bucks on camera and they're all going the same way when they're leaving they're hitting a scrape and then they're all going in the same direction so i followed that direction found a spot i really liked where i assumed the bucks were heading to and then right at about six o'clock here he come he just came from the downwind side and same thing the night before, I had a really nice nine-pointer on camera, and I don't know if it was him or not. I just know it was a big frame deer. And same thing, he was getting pictures. He was coming from a certain direction every time and leaving in a certain direction. And I actually backtracked the way he was coming from. And all there was, I know he's coming by this camera in the morning, and he's going the opposite direction, but maybe he's circling back around sometime during the middle of the day or at dark and he's coming back through and so i did that same thing there found a couple trails that came together right near some food some water set up there and at seven o'clock uh right as it was getting dark that buck came in so it's been it's been working out but it's also been real (laughs) real slow in the same sense it's kind of i know it sounds confusing as i'm talking about it but not much to complain about as far as seeing mature deer no I think it's one of the the things you deal with with when you start trying to chase mature bucks and, and you start hunting these these thicker areas, like you said, kind of getting away from the pretty woods. Is sometimes or a lot of times you you find yourself in a situation where you're not going to see as many deer maybe as you did in the past. You're not going to see all those does, but when you do see a deer, you know it's a good one a lot of times, and and that's right. not a hundred percent, but that's. Definitely, you know, it tends to be if, if you're in an area, if you're on bucks like you are, where you're seeing a lot of good bucks, probably not going to see a lot of does yet. Now, once, you know, once right. the rut comes, it's going to be a whole different story. But, but yeah, for right now, you know, they're kind of got their own little, 
uh, areas, core areas, and, and the bucks are kind of in one one spot and the does are in the other. And yeah, so it's good. You've, you've found the spot that's much harder to find than, than it is to get on those does, you know. Um, not that that's always easy either. That's that's the <laughs> struggle I was having here right. the last few weeks. Um, you know, I, I'd set a goal at the, well, even before season, I, I really wanted to kill a deer with my recurve. And then I kind of almost by the time season got here, I'd almost hung it up because I just wasn't satisfied with uh, my consistency in shooting that thing. And after we had our podcast interview with Robert Carter and he kind of talked about how he aims the the whole split vision method of aiming uh, instead of just trying to do it purely instinctive. So I got back out there and, and got to practicing and and felt a lot more confident in my shooting at least out to 15 yards now i'm not out there slinging arrows at 40 yards with this thing but 15 (laughs) in i was pretty comfortable and so the last really i don't know two weeks two or three weeks i've been packing that thing around and man i was just i was struggling to even get on the deer it was it was getting pretty frustrating uh considering you know all the the scouting and stuff that we put in um, both pre-season and during the season and i was just having a hard time getting on them and slowly I, I started getting getting on some deer here the last week or so i was really starting to see a lot of does now i'm unfortunately i'm not seeing uh, the bucks and stuff like you are but i wasn't really trying to at this point i just wanted to kill a deer with this with this thing recurve so i was trying to get on the does and like you said what I'm seeing around here as far as I don't want to get too far off the rails with our with our rut report, but, you know, same thing. I think we're going to hear the same thing from most of our folks is the white oak acorns are really where it's at right now. Um, that's that's where I've started to find a lot of sign when when you find a good one dropping. Now, I'm not you know, there's a lot of white oaks out there that well, that may be dropping. Some of them aren't dropping. I, you know, I've seen some over the weekend where I wasn't really seeing much in the way acorns. Um, some are dropping, but maybe they just aren't hitting them as hard yet. But, you know, some of them, like where I ended up shooting my doe finally, um, you could tell they were hammering them. It was one of those classic feed trees like we heard Robert Carter and, and Warren Walmart talk about, um, you know, just where there was a ton of sign underneath these things. And that's that's where I finally was able. Uh, I found, found an area on one of the WMAs where they were really hammering these white oaks. It took me... Uh, three or four hunts to yeah at least probably four hunts to work this out where it seemed like i would hunt one it was a this is a hardwood drainage with with good cover on both sides a fairly narrow drainage um and it seemed like no matter which side i hunt i'd see deer on the other side you know he'd be out of range of that that recurve and after i don't know like i said it was about the fourth hunt i was finally able to to be in the right tree at the right time uh this was last night and um yeah finally shot my first doe with the recurve hit her a little further back than i was hoping i was a little worried really worried about the shot fortunately she was uh quartering away from me a little more than i realized so the the entry was was pretty poor um almost mid-body but i had a a decent exit and uh, there was decent blood there and uh I gave her a little time. I, I thought she ran off, got out of the hardwood drain into the, the this cut over the edge of this cut over, and I thought I seen like a shadow. I thought I seen her tip over, but I you know I wasn't for sure by any means. 
and was a little nervous about going in. But like I said, I, I gave her a, a, a couple hours, felt good about what blood I saw. And I just walked straight over to where I last seen her. Uh, it was a thick mess in there, trails running everywhere. But I got lucky. I just walked walked up a trail about 10 or 20 feet, hooked the left, and she was laying right there in the in the briars and weeds. <laughs> and, man, I, you talk about excited. I, like I posted on social media, uh, I was probably as tore up, if not more tore up, about that deer, <laughs> getting a shot on that deer as I was when I shot my buck on opening day. Um, you know, I had a little more time to think about this one too, though. I seen her coming in from a longer ways than I did that buck, but, uh, yeah, it, it had me tore up and it definitely, man, it's back to practicing with that thing. I still need a lot of practice to get more proficient with that thing. And I'm definitely not hanging up the uh, compound bow. Uh, the compound bow is coming back out for the rut here, but, but yeah. Yeah. It, it's I mean, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, I've already spilled the guts about my heartbreak. So <laughs> I, I know, you know, I'm not calling you out, but you, you got the job done. And as I expressed to you, man, that's a huge congratulations. I know that was a big goal of yours. And it's it's really awesome that you were able to get it done, especially in the short amount of time. But I know you had a shot opportunity just before that one. Didn't man, you're you going to spill all my spill all the beans. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to tell that part of it. Uh, come on, man. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Uh, you're going to make me tell the whole story. <laughs> come on. You got to tell this, the whole story. The, the small doe had come in previously. <laughs> <laughs> and I may or may not have shot two <laughs> arrows at this previous doe and completely missed. <laughs> <laughs> I I know what I did after the fact in, in uh all the excitement uh I just didn't come to full anchor with with that recurve and uh, you know it's a whole lot different than than a compound bow where you know it breaks over in the valley and you know where you're supposed to be at and I just uh what I called you know I, I short stroked it I I didn't <laughs> uh, didn't get it all the way back to to full anchor and, and released and shot under this little deer this little doe twice and the deer didn't even know what was going on man <laughs> and uh finally uh, uh, there was a little buck behind her and he kind of run her off and I'm pretty sure it's the same doe that I'm that I missed twice that came back in a little while later with that bigger doe uh, and, okay. that I ended up shooting um, and I say a little doe, it wasn't a fawn. It was what it appeared to be was probably one and a half year old deer. And then the one I shot was a two and a half year old deer. I'm sure probably it's mama. Um, but yeah, it, so yeah. I, I, so then <laughs> I only had three arrows with me. So I shot, you know, shot the bigger doe and watched her run off. And the, the smaller of the two came back and fed around me again for like 30 minutes. And I'm just standing up there with a recurve and an empty quiver in my <laughs> my hand. And another little buck, a little four-pointer showed up and ran her off. So I guess that kind of leads into as far as rut activity. Um, definitely seeing a lot of scrapes pop up around here. Uh, seeing, seeing some rubs. Nothing, I ain't seen any real big ones yet, but I've been seeing a lot more rubs pop up. And just like what I saw there, you're starting to see, you know, you always get those young deer, those year and a half old deer um, that that kind of take an interest first or, you know, all the bucks have an interest. I, sh I shouldn't say that. Once that velvet comes off, you know, they're ready, but the does aren't. It's just those little ones tend to be the ones that that really get out there and, and try to push those does around and, and make something right. happen and, and where your mature deer are smart enough to just wait, you know, stand back and 
and wait for the does to come into estrus and not waste their energy chasing them around beforehand. But right. So, you know, we're definitely getting there. It's uh like you said, what, the nineteenth. So um peak peak of breeding in my area is somewhere, you know, around the, the first to second week of November. There that, you know, somewhere between the probably the I don't know, ninth and 12th in that general area. And, you know, I want to emphasize that's the peak of breeding. That doesn't mean, you know, all the breeding is going to happen in that three day window or even a one week right. window. You know, there's, there's, I'm sure there's some does out there right now. There, there's no doubt that have already been bred. And there's some that'll be bred in, you know, December and even January. It's a, it's a, a drawn out process, but it just comes to that the head, you know, in that, in that early part of November. And so it's, it's fixing to get good. Um, if I had to rate deer movement the past two weeks on a scale one to 10, at least from my perspective, I, I'd say, you know, maybe a, a five or five or six, you know, they're just doing what deer do this time of year. They're the does are on that normal. Well, they're all on the, on a feeding pattern right now. And uh, it's just a matter of being in the right place, you know, and there's so many with, with so many white oaks dropping it, it's hard to, to find them concentrated. But, uh, you know, in the next two weeks, I definitely say that's going to bump up. You know, that'll put us into, yeah, the end of October. So, yeah, hopefully right. uh, seven, eight, maybe a nine. You know, I'm ready for that uh, that peak activity for sure. Right. And I, I'll, I'll – the the reason I wanted you to talk about that, Brian, is not to call you out or try to embarrass oh, you. Heck, I don't care. It happens. <laughs> just just to kind of show the point of bow hunting's already hard enough as it is. I mean, as as we've been talking about there, you missed you know that doe twice. I've had three mature bucks in range and haven't been able to close the deal yet. But yeah. you didn't give up on it. I haven't given up on it. And if you stay with it and you keep going the success is eventually going to happen. Oh yeah. So that, that's, that's kind of why I wanted you to talk about it to show, yeah, you know, you missed and you know, it stinks and you kind of like tag gum. Should I really be out here grinding it out with this thing? But then you stick with it and you see the reward at the end and it's that much better. Oh yeah. Well, and it definitely taught me another thing too, uh, a traditional bow as opposed to a compound bow. Now I was shooting that thing all the time leading up to well like i said two or three weeks ago when i when i really started taking it out hunting and i felt really confident 15 yards in you know felt total confidence in this thing and once i started hunting with it i i didn't i hadn't been out there practicing as much you know i've been spending more time in the woods and and uh man, it showed you know i i missed that deer twice which like i said i think that was all in the excitement and uh you know, didn't make the greatest shot on that deer, even though, you know, she only ended up running about 80 yards. I didn't get into the recovery, but yeah, she didn't, she didn't go far at all. Um, but I, you can't just set those things down and not practice like, you know, a compound, you, you can put down a compound for a while and pick it back up and, you know, you got your sights, your peep sight, you know, you're, you're probably not going to be too far off now. You know, you should be shooting throughout the season, even with a compound, you know, to keep keep your muscle memory and all that, you know, keep it fresh. But, yeah, I definitely don't think you can get away with as long of, of gaps in shooting a traditional bow as you can. Or maybe, you know, maybe after you've shot one for years, you can. But um, I definitely need to get back out there. I need to get me a bunch more arrows and sling a bunch more arrows, um, you know, before I 
I get too heavy into that. And like I said, I, that, I wanted to accomplish that. I'm probably going to hang it up now for a little while. I'm going to break out the compound. I'm going to keep practicing with that thing. Uh, but, you know, I might get it back out late season, try to kill me another a doe or whatever late season. But, yeah, it's time to time to focus on filling that second buck tag now. And <laughs> I definitely want the Matthews in my hand as opposed to that recurve for that. So. Fill the second one. What is that? I'm still, I'm still trying to fill the first one. <laughs> yeah. Well, I yeah, you gave me a head start, but yeah, you'll probably catch up. <laughs> we can we can only hope. Yeah, I'm in I'm in I'm in the right areas, and the only problem is now I've done spooked them so many times. I'm like, dang, I'm gonna run out of spots to hunt by the time <laughs> it gets good. But they're they're not gonna go far. Uh, no, you know no. the the first two they they didn't smell me. They just saw me. So, and then the one last night he saw me. But I'm gonna stay out of that area for a while. Nobody's hunting it. It's you got to be a crazy crazy man like I am to even want to get back to where I seen that deer at. And it's no easy task to get back there. So. Um, I'm pretty sure he's not going to go far a couple weeks. He doesn't smell me in there at all. He'll be back on. And that, that spot I'm in, I don't want to go too into detail because it would be really easy to pick up on the <laughs> map. Um, but I got a feeling during the rut, when it gets rolling down here, that's going to be a real hot area to catch bucks traveling. Yeah. And I could be wrong. Uh, it's the first time I've hunted there, so we'll see. But... I have a real good feeling that that spot and the, right around that area should be really hot come the rut because there's a lot of does in there. I didn't see any does last night, and I was actually expecting to see does. And, but, I mean, the tracks are everywhere. There's doe tracks all throughout that area, and so I know they're there. And with the does and when the rut comes, you know what that means. Oh, yeah. Yep. If the does are around, there's going to be some bucks. Bucks right. in there, too. All right, guys, that's gonna that'll wrap up mine and Robert's part of it anyway. And we're gonna get some uh, some other guys on the line here to talk about what they're seeing across the state. And if you would, hopefully you'll stick around to the end. We're gonna come, Robert and I'll jump back on here. And we had a user, our first kind of user submitted question about some trail camera trail camera placement tips. And we're gonna talk a little bit about that. We won't, you know, won't keep you too long, but uh, we wanna answer that for him and we'll wrap it up. And with that, we'll get our first guest on the line here, Joey Norton of Norton Outdoors. All right, guys, I got Joey Norton on the line with Norton Outdoors. Uh, Joey, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. How are y'all? Doing good. Man, getting, yeah, getting close good. to that uh, magical time of the season here, uh, or at least <laughs> where I'm at. I know it varies depending on what part of the state you're you're in, but uh, things are definitely, I believe, starting to pick up a little bit here as far as uh, rut activity where I'm at. But, uh, yeah, we just wanted to get you on the line here to talk about a little bit about what you're seeing in your part of the state. And so I guess, uh, well, the best way, to, first thing to start out here is just uh, what tell us exactly what, what part of the state are you hunting in or region wise? You know, you don't you don't have to give us specific WMAs or anything, but I mean, what, <laughs> just what general part of the state? Uh, I mean, I'm mostly hunting southwest Georgia. Um, our hunting leases in Clay County. Um but I've, I've been hunting all around, trying to hit as many WMAs as I can. Yeah. So, so how's it how's it gone so far for you? Uh, it's it's been going pretty good this season. This past weekend, uh, it was pretty slow. Just saw one little spike Saturday morning, and that was pretty much it. But seeing pretty good amount of sign in the woods. 
we've got several white oak uh white oak trees on our property and had pretty good crop this season uh, but we've also got a pretty good crop of hogs oh, man. So, they're, so they're tearing tearing up all the food in the woods pretty much anytime one hits the ground they're they're scooping it up <laughs> the last the last spot i set saturday or sunday morning uh, i was sitting on a white oak bacon ridge and it didn't have any hog sign. We like pretty, pretty pretty good amount of deer there, also. So it was, it was real good. I didn't see anything, but you know that's that's just how it goes. Oh yeah, yeah, that's part <laughs> that's of right. it. So yeah. is that kind of the main food source the deer seem to be focusing on right now? Is uh yeah. the acres? Yeah, and, and the yellow acres they're hitting hitting the corn pretty good too. They <laughs> kind of they, they slacked off on it. I think trying to hit the like I said the white oaks. That's Seems to be what they're focusing on. Now, what are you seeing as far as rut sign in your area uh, here recently? Uh, I mean, I've seen a few few pawns and scrapes this weekend, but it it didn't a lot. I mean, it it normally picks up as far as long as we go in the season. Um, our rut normally kicks in right around the first weekend of December, first week of December. Okay. Yep. Yeah, that was that was kind of my next question. I was curious about that. Yeah. So you, yeah, you guys still got a little while. Yeah. Yeah, it's usually slow going this first of season for us. Yeah, yeah. This this can be a tough time right now for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like we were talking about before we started, and I actually started recording. I, <laughs> I was having a little dry spell myself there for a while. Just yeah. man, struggling to even get on the deer, but that that seems to be you know. I go back and look at notes and stuff I took from past years and it's always a struggle this time of year for me I mean oh yeah, yeah. so over the say the past two weeks on a scale of one to ten what would you rate the deer movement as uh, I'd probably say a three maybe it's, it's been pretty low and you think any of that has to do with kind of the up and down in the weather it, you know we had a couple cold spells one right there at the beginning of october and then one this past weekend but it's been fairly hot you think that's playing a part or just the oh, food yeah. transition or yeah and then pressure in the woods everybody getting out and planting food plots and just people getting in the woods um, plus this weekend it was pretty windy and it had the uh, wind out of east and that's not a real good wind for a lot of the spots on our property so I think that had a lot to do with it because that, that spike I saw, he come in downwind of me. As soon as I saw him, he, he got wind of me and took off. <laughs> kind of along that same lines, that same 1 to 10 scale, what do you expect the uh, the buck to activity to be here in the next couple of weeks? You you thinking it'll pick up any there or are you still ways out from that? Yeah, it, it slowly starts picking up. Um, I normally start seeing some smaller bucks until we get into November, middle of November is when I start seeing more more and more mature bucks. But we've gotten several on camera this year, um, several eight points, all younger deer. And then we've got a few mature. I've got one, I'm, I'm thinking he's six, six and a half years old because I've got him, I've got pictures of him for probably four years now. Oh, yeah. And he was a nice, nice one when we first got him, so. I'm hoping I can cross paths with him this season. <laughs> well, I hope you do. Um, yep. Any uh, any big plans for the rest of the season? I mean, you're gonna be. Uh, 
Yeah, November, first weekend of November, I'm I'm gonna be going on the, the Piedmont hunt, the Ralph hunt there. And then the third, I think the third weekend I got picked on the quota hunt for Lanahassee. So I'll be giving that a shot. Good deal. Yeah. And for any anybody that wants to keep up with you on social media, as we mentioned before, you're with Norton Outdoors. So if they want to keep up with you and how your season's going, where can they do that at? Uh, probably best place would be on YouTube. And it's just Norton Outdoors and Facebook or Instagram. Be the same thing. All right. Well, good deal. Well, we, uh, Joey, we appreciate you coming on here and talking a little bit about what you're seeing in, in your neck of the woods. And, uh, oh, yeah. Man, we, we wish you the best of luck the rest of the season. We'll definitely be keeping up with you on your social media and your YouTube page. Always uh, enjoy your videos, watching your hunts. So, Oh, yeah. Y'all too. I appreciate y'all having me on. Oh, not a problem. We'll, we'll uh, hopefully do this again throughout the season. If- okay. Sounds good. All right, guys. We got Jordan Barnes on the line now of Close Proximity TV. Uh, Jordan, how you doing? Man, I'm doing, doing well, brother. Just uh, coming back. <clears throat> from hunting up here uh middle georgia got to drive about an hour back to the house so yeah and just i'll little... oh, go ahead no i was just saying i was doing a little hunting this evening after after a buck yeah yeah and we're gonna get you to talk about that i just for the listeners that may not be um uh, may not be familiar with you what what general kind of part of the state are you hunting in well i hunt southeast georgia a lot, um, you know, Screven, Bullock, uh, Jenkins counties, in that kind of area, and then I also hunt, you know, a lot of just generally Middle Georgia area. Yeah. So those are the two two parts that I hunt. All right. Well, before we jump into kind of what you've been seeing as far as sign and stuff, um, tell I know you're you've been after a, a buck that you're just you just mentioned. What what's the story behind that? Well, uh, <clears throat> I think he uh, they cut some timber on this farm that I'm hunting. Uh, Got a you know been managing this farm for a long while. It's one of the places that I do most of my private land hunting at, and. Um, you know, just put a lot of work into the property and just tried to do everything I could. It's a working cow-calf operation, so it's, you know, not a whole lot of cover and thickets. It's mostly just open pastures, fescue, and like, uh, you know, little draws and creek SMZs and stuff like that, hard, open hardwoods. So did a lot of habitat work on it. Uh, got permission to cut a few <laughs> trees Uh on it and then shortly thereafter my uncle said don't cut any more trees <laughs> <laughs> able to create some bedding areas and stuff like that and this buck it's pretty cool he's actually using he's living in a probably about a 10 he's living probably in about a 15 to 30 acre block of woods that's where that deer is holding tight to right now and uh, it's pretty amazing. He's using the veterinary that I created as well. But I think, and I don't know this yet, I've got to kill the deer to find out. But he looks like a deer that I shot in the show in 2014. So if it is if it is him, he's 10 and a half years old this year. Wow. But 
you know, I, I really hadn't tried to add him up and, you know, how all that goes. I don't really even care what he scores. He's just a monster to me. But I'm after him hard. I'm trying to think outside the box on this deer because where he's – I ended up taking eight cell cameras, seven cell cameras. I took them off all, everything else I was hunting <laughs> um, and, and deployed all of them in one direction from where I thought he was coming to the He's coming to a food plot. And, uh, I did that and I didn't get on any, any of the cameras. So then I drove back up there the next day, took them all down, put them back out in another direction, just on natural, you know, trails, scrapes, rubs, any kind of a big track, anything I could find, you know, and, uh, didn't get them that night, but he still showed up to the power line. So then I, <laughs> drove back up there and took all the cameras down again <laughs> and I decided to get really aggressive and so what I did is I got in a creek with hit waders and I just step by step just scouted from the creek with binos and I just anytime I'd see any kind of sign I'd throw a camera on it and uh threw a camera on a little inside corner of bridge in the, where the creek bends threw a camera on some red oaks, threw a camera on a rub, threw a camera just about everywhere on a scrape or two. And then I swung a big loop. I was basically just backtracking the sign I was finding from where he was entering. You know what I mean? Oh, and yeah. uh, yep. came, up, came up to a big ridge and I was walking the military crest of that ridge, approaching the bedding area. And I just decided, you know, I got to, if he's in here, I just, I've got to bump him and it'll be all right. I got to find out exactly where he's laying at. So I did that and I jumped the buck and I didn't know what buck it was. All I know is that that joker busted out of there 90 mile an hour and did not even break a twig. (laughs) So that made me kind of think that has to be an old deer to do that. I mean, this deer's, he knows he's smart. Well, hung a camera on that and I got him coming back to his bed three days later. Nice. At 10.56 in the morning. Oh, man. He's uh, in that that spot where he's at, the thermals, it's pretty pretty awesome just kind of how he's got a little hideout. But it's about impossible to kill that deer with a bow where he's fed because the thermals are going to suck up from the holler in the morning and draft up right up to him on his bed <laughs> and then he's and coming over the bed over his back so it's just like basically hunting them in the evening right now on two northern red oaks that are dropping really hard and there's some white oaks right there and i'm probably within 70 yards where he's laying so just hunting uh hunting him from the creek just made me a little tucked in spot in the creek and i'm gonna try to shoot him standing in the creek Man, well, I hope you get her done. That's going to be a really, oh, yeah. really cool story. <laughs> yeah, just no way to climb. I mean, if I climb and try to go in there, climb a tree, it's you know probably not going to get many hunts. But I take a probably it takes me about an hour and a half every time I get in there. Um, that's why we're talking a little bit later tonight. Um, I have to. I use the creek basically to get you know to where I'm at, I just slip in through the creek and I can get in there clean pretty good. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that's how something. Many, I'll go ahead, Robert. Uh, I was just going. How many snakes have you run across walking <laughs> up and down that creek in the Georgia heat? You know, the funny thing about it is, uh, <clears throat> I'm always tromping all over Georgia public land, and uh, I'm always in the water a lot of times. But man, I have not. I, I don't know what it is. I, I guess I've got some rabbit's foot or something because I haven't ran across any venomous snakes while doing all that the last probably two years. Yeah. Ooh, she be- better knock on some wood. step on a No, I, I was just going to say, yeah, that that's a good point. I think that's probably one of the main overlooked pieces of, of people that are hunting mature bucks is that entrance and exit routes, you know, and I, and I know I've messed it up, you know, finding a deer, isn't or finding a good buck isn't necessarily super hard to do but yeah but it's it's getting in and out of there you know and without them knowing and, and being able to set up so yeah that's that <laughs> you definitely uh showing your dedication on that one slipping in the through the creek like that yeah there's a few spots i have to get down on my knees and crawl because it's uh i have to stay under the i want to keep my head under I don't want to be visible at all. So right. I just a few spots where I have to get down and crawl. But, you know, the thing is, uh, sometimes I feel like a buck like that, you got to think outside the box sometimes. And that's probably oh, yeah. what it's going to, I just kind of feel like that's probably what it's going to take to kill this deer. Um, you know, like I say, if I, if I tried to climb every time, it just, I wouldn't, the gig would be up pretty quick. But this way, he has no clue. And uh, it's just a matter of time. This week in particular, I think it's going to be really, really good evening hunt. Uh, I did have a buck come by me this evening. At, I think he cut the inside corner right there 15 yards. It was pretty intense. He, he had no idea you were there? No idea. And uh, he got my heart thumping, too, because I thought the first I seen a piece of his rack, I thought it was the buck I was after. Oh. I turned it case pretty quick there <laughs> yeah that was he was he a, was he a shooter or was he just a young deer he wasn't he's you know he was probably a hundred inch deer um but i just seen just a piece of him and uh actually the deer got up out of another bed that i found um right there on the just around the bend so that deer was laying down literally within 50 yards made the whole time I was sitting there. <laughs> so textbook awesome. is just, uh, he's going to do the same thing. I think this week it's just, I got to stay on him every, every day. So we'll see. This meant to be, it'll happen. That's not, right. Not the end of the world. There's a lot of good land deer out there. Never know what else I could find. Oh, that's for sure. Are you paying any attention to the wind when you're going in there, or are you just hunting him no matter the circumstances? 100% paying attention to the wind, but the, here's the thing that makes it, this is what makes it just perfect, and this is what makes it work, um, thinking outside the box, is the thermals in the evenings. Uh, my wind was basically wrong this evening, but understanding the thermals and how they work down in that creek, uh, the wind was up on the hill. The wind was blowing over the bed and would have been blowing. If I was 20 yards up the hill, it would be dead 
dead to where he was coming from. But the fact that I was down low in that creek, I was dropping milkweed the whole time, and it was sucking right back down from where I came. So the thermals allowed me to hunt it like that. And, you know, it's just a matter of time before he's going to think he's got the right wind, and he's going to have the right wind, but he's not going to be expecting me to be in the creek with sucking <laughs> thermal. Yeah. Man, I, I tell you – since the last two years I've been using milkweed, you know, as a wind indicator. And prior to that, I always just, you know, looked at the forecast and said, Oh, you know, Northeast wind, I'm good, man. I'm blown away using a wind indicator. It's, it's rarely ever what the forecasted wind is. You know, there's the thermals come into play so much and that, and just shifting winds as it is. But yeah, if you're not using some kind of wind indicator, uh, you need to. It'll it'll be a real eye opener for sure. Hundred percent. I use um when I can't find milkweed, which I've got a pretty good supply of it. But I'll take uh you know down the swamps a lot of times. That uh what is it? I'm about to lose my mind. Can't even think of it. Like Phragmites uh, or something. Oh, uh, Spanish moss is what oh, I'll take. Oh, okay, okay, gotcha. Get my Spanish moss, put it in my pocket, and uh, crinkle it. And you can see it works pretty good too. Okay. So what do, what do the deer seem to be focusing on as far as food sources in your area right now? You mentioned some red oak trees you got there. Uh, what else? Yeah. The uh, well, you know, southeast the overcups are just raining right now. Um, but all the public I've been to in the southeast, I've I've seen some deer, passed some deer. Um, I've Pretty much got to shoot the next doe I see on public because I'm tired of passing. I'm not passing. <laughs> um, yeah, so you know what's kind of screwed me up is this buck's kind of just halted all my plans because uh, I'm it's really going to take devotion to kill this thing. So I haven't ever since he showed up and I've got him on some kind of some kind of some kind of way figured out. I haven't hunted. I kind of stopped hunting the public as much, but yeah, the overcups, um, overcup oaks, uh, they're just raining right now. Water oaks are really hot too, uh, but the overcups, deer seem to be favoring the overcups above the water oaks, obviously. But yeah, that is what 90% of the deer I've seen on public have been hitting right now. And uh, where I've been hunting lately, the rut's basically in full swing. That was, uh, yeah, that was our next question. So the rut is wide open where you're at, huh? It is. And, uh, you know, I don't really consider myself a feed tree hunter, to, to be honest. I mean, I, what I look for, this is what I look for. I look for uh, pinch points and transitions, stuff that is in a good spot for the, it makes sense for a buck to cruise it. Uh, kind of like a travel corridor and pinch point all in one. And if I could find a hot tree in that area, that's what's kind of been, been paying off. I took a buddy with me. Uh, I want to say it's been a week ago. He had a, you know, he, he's pretty good about you know, giving you an honest score on something like a ballpark figure of what kind of deer it was. But, he had a poker young jump pointer come by him running a doe in one of the spots we had picked out and I stuck him in the tree. So, um, <laughs> that's the kind of thing that I look for, though. You know, 
find uh, a lot of times these SMZs where they hit the swamp, there'll be a lot of gallberry in that particular area. And that's where I find the doe groups laying at. So I try to get in between two SMZs in the swamp and find a bench point in between those. And that's where your bucks are just hitting one doe, doe bedding area and then going to the next. And I'm just trying to intercept it, you know, in between those. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. How, how would you rate it on a scale of one to 10? How would you rate the, the buck movement here over the past week or so? I mean, uh, it's, you know, all out and just full bore pretty much. I mean, it's Southeast Georgia right now. It's uh, better being a tree. If you're <laughs> around Southeast Georgia, I would definitely recommend, you know, hunting as much as you can right now in spots where, you know, you got a good good idea about good travel corridor, good fish point, inside corner, something like that. You know, you want to be sitting right now because they're, uh, they're running does left and right. Southeast Georgia, they are. Good deal. You, uh, you expect that to, to continue here in the next week or two? I mean, or is it going to start trailing off? No, absolutely. I mean, I think it's going to be good here the next week. I mean, uh, you know, Southeast Georgia is uh, our buck to doe ratio in that part of the state. And a lot of Georgia, you know, it is. It's like, you know, you'll uh, you'll find the peak kind of, and then you'll just get intermittent full burst uh, rut activity all throughout the rest of the year, you know, because you got uh, people shooting bucks and you got less bucks to breed does. And you got, you got so many does that a lot, a lot of them aren't going to get bred that first cycle. So, uh, the rut in southeast Georgia is pretty much the whole season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, well, when you're chasing that buck that you talked about a little bit earlier, but you got any other big plans this season? Um, you know, that's, that's pretty much that deer's in middle Georgia. So, you know, I'm trying to just kill him before our rut, which is probably going to be, you know, November third through the fifteenth ish is kind of the peak somewhere in that time frame. So I'm trying to kill him before then. Um, but yeah, just that deer is what I've got my whole I'm putting all the eggs in that basket <laughs> as a uh, I've got some other really good private land spots where I've killed some big bucks before. It's just really good food plots, really good areas. But I mean I don't really know what's going on on those places. Uh, right now because I don't have my cell cams on but I've got regular cameras on them I just need to go check them but I'm just I haven't uh, with work and everything I'm just working and then running up behind this deer so I hadn't really checked but yeah that's pretty much it um, got some boat land check-in hunts and some quota hunts that I'm going to do here soon got Kentucky coming up boat land up there gonna hit that again um but I don't really know how the schedule is going to go at this point because I'm, I'm hunting this, this other deer is kind of what I've got all my sights set on right now. So we'll see how many more hunts he robs me of. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully just one more and yeah, uh, you'll be you able go. to fill that tag. I hope you're right. That or an opportunity or something. Um, but, you know, it's, uh, it's just a blessing to be able to get out there. And just the anticipation. I mean, just... I feel blessed just to be able to 
every time I sneak down that creek and hunt that deer, it's just it's uh it's a good feeling, you know. It's a good feeling. Oh, and, uh, yeah. yeah. If I don't kill them, you know, it's it's hunting. Um, but I'm having fun every time I go. That's right. Yeah, half the fun's just the the planning and the strategizing, man. It's 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 good stuff. Oh, absolutely. Y'all uh y'all got some big plans coming up? Not really. <laughs> just keep <laughs> keep hunting them. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean there's uh another check in hunt that I'll definitely hit. I know Robert's got a quota hunt that he's drawn for, he's gonna be hunting and uh yeah. It's just going to be hitting the WMAs around me here, trying to get on a, another good buck before season gets over. Yeah, I'm trying to still still fill that first buck tag. I've had a, a two heartbreaks this weekend on <laughs> shooter bucks, and I had a heartbreak about, what's that been, about two weeks ago, Brian? On yeah, that, yeah. He's about a 150-inch 10-pointer, and I uh, screwed that one up. But I'm headed here in the next couple of weeks, I'll be headed – Middle Georgia as well to my farm, and I'll be doing some uh, private land hunting with my dad, chasing a couple of shooter bucks we got up there. Well, sounds like we're all having a rough season, but Brian. <laughs> Brian. Yeah, Brian punched that tag early, didn't he? <laughs> he wasn't playing around. He wasn't wasting time. That's right. I up, That's after I, I ended up going on the boat the other day and hit a put my truck in a shop, I had a rental car, and uh hit a buck on the way to go hunt. Oh, no. Oh, man. In the rental car? In the rental car. So I got two claims in one in that night. Oh, no. Oh. Whopper that hit the side of this thing. All I saw was antlers hit the side of the car. <laughs> oh. He didn't even have the courtesy to fall over dead. <laughs> <laughs> I turned around. He was gone. Oh man! Oh man, that's awful. We can't even kill him with a car. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, it's gonna I'm come kinda, together for you guys. Yeah, I'm kind of oh, like you, Jordan. Every chance I get out there, man, it's a blessing. And even though the cards haven't fallen in my favor yet, each day's a new day, and it can always happen. This is kind of the way I I used to not look at hot mature bucks this way, but I really do these days. Uh, it's really changed a lot of my luck as far as hunting mature bucks. But when I'm on a deer or I'm on good deer in good areas that I have confidence in and the plan makes sense and I feel I have confidence in the plan, at that point, I just call up putting quarters into, you know, those quarter machines at the fair that you put the quarters in, you keep putting quarters and it'll push more quarters up. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. And, well, it's just kind of like that. That's the way I, I look at it. It's, every time I go, I'm just putting another quarter in there. I'm just going to keep adding quarters and keep adding quarters. And eventually, they're all going to fall. And then I'll I'll hit the jackpot. So it's uh, just be persistent. You know, that's all we can do is just be persistent, hunt smart, hunt hard. It'll all work out. That's I didn't right. kill my buck last year. Until November fifteenth, I think. It can yep, happen so. anytime. Sure can. So Jordan, we're uh, we're on social media. Can the listeners kind of keep up with uh, how your season's going? Find out if you killed that big buck. Well, it's uh, YouTube's where everything's at. It's uh, it's called close proximity. Uh, 
I, I'll be one stop close proximity TV, but uh, I guess you watch YouTube on your TV, but I just kind of changed it. <laughs> so it is just that right there, easy to find. Just type in close proximity and you'll see my logo with a C to B pop up. Just click that. Should be able to see everything on Facebook and uh, Instagram too. So all the hunts and the videos are all on YouTube. Though. All right, guys, that wraps up our first rut report, our Georgia rut report. Um, hopefully you guys enjoyed that, got something out of it. It's something we plan to do a little more often. We're not gonna, it's not gonna be a weekly thing necessarily, but we'll, hopefully we can do it a few times throughout the season. And uh, love to hear some feedback on it. If that's something you'd enjoy hearing more of, um, let us know that. You know, if that's if that's beneficial to you. Um, hopefully, I think it will be. But we'd like to hear from you, uh, the listeners. And with that, I know Robert uh, had a user submitted question. We were going to try to tackle here and uh, see if we can't help this guy out. Maybe help some of the listen listeners out as well. Yeah. So the question was submitted through our Instagram post. If you follow us there, we posted some of our trail cam pictures uh, from the last week. And the username is 0416.bb. And his question was that he would love to see a podcast on where and why we're choosing our camera locations. So, Brian, if you want to jump into that, and I can add on a little bit there of why we're choosing our spots and where we're choosing them to maybe help him out and help anybody else out that's listening you know, be able to get some pictures of some mature deer. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm good at getting pictures of them. I just have a harder time actually <laughs> killing them. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm basically uh, the areas I'm putting cameras in the same areas that, you know, I'm likely to hunt. I'm, I'm scouting out thickets at, basically, you know, I'm staying in these thick areas. Um, you know, also looking at some food sources and stuff, but I don't do a whole lot of camera hangs on on food sources necessarily. I really like mock scrapes. You know, we're primary or I'm primarily a public land hunter. I can't put out corn, which would obviously, you know, be, be the easiest way to get trail camera pictures of a deer. Uh, but you got to be a little more um, creative, I guess you could say, on, on public land. I use mock scrapes to... Um, kind of pinpoint a location you know they might be in that general area uh, but to, to kind of draw them in to that exact spot where i can get them on camera um, a lot of times I'll, I'll set up a mock scrape and it, even better if i can find an existing or an old scrape to start with I, I think that's your best bet but you know i've made them just somewhere where where there wasn't one at all um just as uh, a, as simple as finding a, a good looking overhanging branch. That's where I start. You know, I'm not so much worried about what's on the ground as I am finding that, that overhanging branch that just kind of sticks out to you that, you know, a deer would notice, you know, maybe in an area where there's not a whole lot of branches. Um, and, and you see that one low hanging branch, that's a great spot to get in there and make a, make a mock scrape, clear out a little spot on the ground. I just pee in it. It's all I do. I don't use any kind of expensive scents or anything like that. Um, and, you know, if I need to depend on the height of the branch, I might need to break it up higher and let it lean over or whatever. Just, you know, as long as it's the right height off the ground where that deer can reach up there with his antlers and his, and his eye and his, you know, rub his scent glands on it. That's all that matters. 
And but but, you know, I'm not just putting those out randomly. Uh, again, I'm I'm looking for areas where I think the deer are bedding nearby those those thick areas. I'm and I'm doing most of my, of course, a lot of the scouting in the off season, I'm not getting in there right now necessarily into the bedding areas and, and running deer out. But, um, you know, this time of year, if I if I thought an area was holding deer, a bedding area, then I'm probably going to put my cameras on the outskirts of that area and try to try to figure out where they're coming out of that. So I might look for trails exit in those areas and set up mock scrapes along those trails. Any kind of funnels that you can find, places that are going to funnel deer movement or pinch points that are going to concentrate deer movement, um, terrain features that'll do that. It might be a, a steep bluff along the creek where the deer have to travel right along the top edge of it. Or in the case of the buck I shot on opening day, it was a big, long ridge. It was all good bedding cover, so I was having a little bit of a hard time figuring out where to put the cameras. So in that case, there was actually some small drainages in multiple spots on this ridge that that ran up the side of the ridge. And where those drainages kind of where they ended or kind of leveled off at the head of them, that's where I put my cameras because these deer in a lot of time, a lot of instances, rather than dropping down in that ditch and coming up the other side, you know, they're la- just lazy as we are. They'll make their way up to the top of it where it's level and just, you know, walk around the edge of it creates kind of a little funnel, a little pinch point. And so that's where I had my camera out and started getting pictures. Now, actually not of the buck I shot, but of another really good buck that I had lots and lots of pictures of. And that's what put me in that area on on the opening evening uh, and made me able to kill my buck. So, yeah, just find the cover. Find, you know, if you can find trails exiting that cover, great. Create something. If you don't have a natural funnel or pinch point, use something like a mock scrape to try to concentrate them. And there's certainly nothing wrong if you find a good feed tree where they're hammering this time of year. Then there's certainly nothing wrong with throwing a camera up on that. I don't do that a lot, but it's I wouldn't hesitate to do it. You know, if the the opportunity presented itself, and uh, particularly again if that tree was near heavy cover where I thought it, you know it might be one that that a buck would be feeding under. So, what about you, Robert? You got a different before? Yeah, before I dive into what I'm what I'm doing. You mentioned something there, and I just want you to talk a little more about it, maybe clear it up for the listeners, for those who don't know. You talked about the proper height. You talked about, you know, if a branch is a little higher, breaking it so it hangs a little lower. Can you go a little more in depth there of what the proper height of a licking branch is? Yeah, I guess. I've never, I guess I just eyeball it, but, you know, probably somewhere between waist and chest high, I guess. You know, you just got to look at it from a deer's perspective where they can. Now, I've seen it. I actually got pictures on my last card pull where a buck was standing clear up on his hind legs to to rub on that licking licking branch uh, where I had my camera set out. But, uh, you know, you think of it about head height for a buck where they can easily just walk up and rub their their eye. They got that that uh, gland at the base of their eye, the preorbital gland. Uh, that they rub on that and actually use that to communicate with other deer. And so, you know, again, probably, well, like I said, waist, waist to chest high, I guess. Um, I've never, I've never really measured it or thought much about it. I just kind of eyeball it. But, you know, if you're in an area where there's no branches at that height, then certainly nothing wrong with, you know, reaching up, breaking one, not completely off, but breaking it enough to where it hangs down and you can get the right height out of it. Uh, there's other, I've seen guys use ropes that they hang from branches or they'll actually go in and, and prune a branch off of another tree and, and tie it 
to where it hangs down. I never have got into all that. I'm, you know, I'm sure there's other methods that work, but I just, uh, I'm all about easy. <laughs> That's right. So yeah, for me, uh, same thing, a lot of scrapes. Um, two of the cameras I got running right now, one's on a scrape directly on it and one's on a trail that has a bunch of scrapes on it and getting a lot of pictures there. Um, also, I like to look for edges, you know, between habitat types. Yeah. Um, that's a big one for me as well. A lot of, a lot of bucks, um, a lot of deer in general, but specifically mature bucks, they like to travel those hard edges where they can uh, kind of be between the thick cover and the open woods or even between thick pines and thick oaks you know if you have those if you have sparse oak trees and there's a lot of undergrowth they're just attracted to those edges so i like to hang them there especially if there's any topographic features with those if you can catch an edge right on a topographic line that much better Um, but in flat ground you know not a lot of topographic features so a lot of edge Um, one that i'm using this year because the ground is really flat and Obviously, a lot of the WMAs are surrounded by private, and I'm not saying hang your camera right on the line, but a lot of these WMAs that I'm hunting have fences around them, and I'm using fence gaps yeah. as yeah. A, a good way to get. Now, I'm not, like I said, I'm not hanging it right on the line. I'm hanging it back from the line, but where I think those deer are coming through that fence gap, because like you said, deer are lazy. If they have a choice of, jumping the fence or walking through a hole they're going to walk through that hole 95 percent of the time right. they're not they're, they're not going to jump it so i've been using that and pinch points have been a big one for me as well between rivers and the hardwoods where it pinches down mm-hmm. like i got one area there's a cut over and then a small strip of hardwoods between that cut over and that river and it creates kind of a funnel pinch point between those two edges mm-hmm. And I hung a camera there, and it's been getting lit up with bucks traveling through there. Um, it's just a natural travel corridor. So look for those creek crossings. If you got a lot of water, a lot of creek, a lot of rivers, and you can find some burnt-down trails, you know, it's a great spot to hang a camera. We hung that one back in the summertime. It had that huge 10-pointer on it and a couple other bucks and does as, as well. But, yeah, you know, that those creek crosses are easy to identify especially a well-used one hang a camera on it hang it high uh, we like to hang ours i don't do all of mine i probably should but because as we're talking about this i checked the camera last week somebody had walked by it they saw it they turned around they pulled the card looked at the pictures and deleted all the pictures off of it huh. and so and that was like two days before i went and checked and so that was kind of a bummer but that was my fault i didn't hang it high Hang them high. That's you know, right. Get get a hanging a climbing stick, not a hanging stick. A climbing stick. <laughs> put it on the tree. Go up a couple steps. Hang it pointed down at those creek crossings, scrapes. You know, if a deer, you got a well used scrape or a well used mock scrape, the deer are going to stop there. They're not just going to zoom on by it. You know, like a path or something. They're going to stop, smell. They got to go through creek crossing if they're crossing there you're gonna get the pictures food sources are good as well but like brian mentioned a lot of the public land you know that we hunt well all of it that we hunt but um we hunt a lot of public land you can't bait out there so you know you have to choose wisely with ag fields you know obviously are good corn stuff like that but white oaks summer browse green briar you know but it's a, it's a little tougher because it's so widespread down here in the south yeah that 
it's it's tough to pick up on exactly which one the the correct spot they're feeding in so um yeah really really just pinch points mock scrapes are always good or if you can find active scrapes and then um fence gaps if you can find fence gaps or if trees have fallen uh uh i used this last year to my advantage and ended up seeing a mature deer and i didn't get a shot on it but two trees had fallen and kind of created a pinch point right there as well because they couldn't go above it and they couldn't go below it they the only option they had to excuse me was to go right through there so you know if you can find one of those but mock scrapes pinch points and uh fence gaps have been a huge part of my success with getting trail cam pictures this year yeah yeah good good call on the creek crossings yeah i I use that one a good bit too good creek crossing um but but yeah it's just uh and and you touched on as well i talk a lot about mock scrapes but obviously if if you can find a a good natural scrape that's being used then uh, don't be afraid to to throw a camera on that as well you know a lot of those scrapes obviously are being hit at night but it's really just about gathering intel you know if that if that buck's showing up at night well what time of night is he is he coming out of bedding or is he going to bedding and which way is he headed and you just like you were talking about earlier you know being able to backtrack these deer and figure out where they're going you might have to maneuver your cameras move them around to to finally kind of figure out where they're headed and um you know what time and and that kind of stuff to to be able to eventually get on them where they're actually out in daylight but but the but the the good thing (coughs) with the the cameras especially in the thick areas is if you find a scrape it close to a thicket and that's where that buck's going a lot of times not all the time but a lot of times you're going to be able to see those well-defined trails so you're going to be able to say okay this buck he's leaving going this direction and there's this burnt down trail going through this thicket right here that's more than likely the trail he's taking not all the time but more than likely you can follow that trail and then you can start to get into you know where you believe he is or finding the rubs the bedding all that stuff to really hone in on where he's spending the majority of his time in daylight. Yeah. Which, uh, yeah, that reminds me on the Creek crossing when I need to get down there and check that camera. It's been, <laughs> things been <laughs> soaking since, uh, what opening weekend of deer season. Opening weekend. Yeah. yeah. So that may, may want to get out there and check it. You never know. Maybe one coming through there consistently or, you, you know, with that too, it's, it's not in a hard to get place that one's not so you may see that there's a lot of hunters right there in that general area and it's not worth our time this year yeah that's right yeah i checked one this weekend during a during a hunt when uh, that that's been sitting out there since opening morning when me and you hunted and uh had some some pretty good bucks on it i, I shared those on our social media page but they, it was on a mock scrape and they've definitely been hitting it um had i don't know at least four or five different good bucks in there a um, few of the pictures during during daylight hours nothing super consistent but that one buck was in there on the 10th and the 14th two days before i got in there and hunted it but uh, <laughs> but there course. was also i had some hunters in there on the 14th in the afternoon too and they're scouting before the hunt so which oh, kind of really? yeah it kind of surprised me but yeah they were in there um so mm, yeah that that may have played a factor of why you didn't see anything yeah well that and the guy wandering around in the dark on the morning <laughs> yeah. the morning of the hunt uh all 30 o- minutes before daylight. all over the ri- no i mean he I, 
I can't complain about him. I mean, it was still well before daylight. Oh, okay, uh, okay. He came in, and I guess maybe he didn't see me. I don't know if he seen me initially flash my light at him, but he kept on. He went, worked on past me. I thought maybe he had seen. He just went on, worked his way past me, not right by me, but like out in front of me from my right to left and disappeared. And I thought, okay, he's, you know, went over and set up. Well, a little while later, here he comes back from the same or, you know, from that direction going back the other way. And he starts coming right towards me. And, uh, you know, I shine my light, made sure he know he had to know this time he got within probably 50 yards of me and I'm shining my spotlight right on him. And uh, at that point, I guess, like I said, he definitely realized what was going on and he turned and walked back out the way he initially came from. So I don't know where he ended up hunting, but, you know, that happens. I, I, I was frustrated, but at the same time, you know, he it's public land. I don't even know if he came in from the same access point I did. I was a good ways back in there. Um, I, there was another truck there when I came out, but I don't know. Like I said, it wasn't anything he did wrong. Um, at least he didn't see my light and set up 50 yards from me. You know, he, right. he went on out of sight. I never did see him the rest of the morning. Now, yeah, he may have messed that spot up wandering around like that, but that's that's just part of the game of public land hunting. You can't, can't get too tore up about it, you know. Right. Yeah, I mean, because I think the way you're explaining it, too, the way he went, it's kind of like we were talking about tonight through text message looking at maps. It's kind of where we're expecting those deer are bedding at. If I'm thinking of that yeah, correctly. Yeah, that's pretty much where he headed the first time he went by me, yeah. And then he came back by and went back out the way he came. So I don't know if he left completely or where he ended up going, but Okay. Um, yeah. Well so hopefully I got, uh, I'm gonna let it cool off for a few days and uh probably well, probably let it cool off for a week or so and then I'm gonna get back in there and check the camera and, and bow hunt it. So see if I can't to get back on them or you know i might have to we were talking strategizing with you today uh, about some other spots in that general area to to kind of maybe reposition see if i can't get on some of these bucks that are obviously using that area yeah there's a lot in there and like you said the rut's gonna be amping up up your way every day here um it's it's gonna be ramping up more and more so new, new scrapes and rubs every time you hit the woods now so so, but with that, I got one more thing, um, and we'll we'll wrap this thing up. Well, re- I guess really two things. If you haven't yet, go out and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're not putting a lot of content out there right now. Um, we've been having <laughs> problems getting on deer early, and then when we did get on deer, Brian, you shot that big buck. We had <laughs> yeah. a ma- malfunction with a getting the camera arm back and forth that we were using and we actually had two arms and we didn't have a single one of them. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and then, you know, I've been, since my couple heartbreaks, I've been just focusing on just getting in there, not carrying it in, but we're going to try to start getting our cameras back out there, filming our hunts and also putting other content out there, our setups, Brian's wanting to do a video of you know the location he killed his buck and why he picked that spot you know obviously we're not he's not going to show you on a map <laughs> exactly <laughs> no, I where will not. it was but, <laughs> but uh show show you what the area looked like so our, so y'all the listeners can uh kind of get an idea and maybe start you know honing in on some of them spots on your wmas or your private land or your clubs so we're definitely going to be pumping some more content out. So please go out to YouTube and follow us at Georgia Field there. 
And also, yet, I'm kind of disappointed, kind of upset we didn't have any new listener reviews this week. Yeah, I noticed that. I, I, I noticed that. I've been looking. We didn't have any new ones. We like getting those. We like reading them off every week. So if you haven't yet, please go out, leave us a rating, a review on Apple or iTunes, and uh, just let us know how what you think about the podcast, how you're liking it. And uh, give us some constructive criticism. That way we can improve as each week we go along and we put out a new episode here. So if you haven't yet, please go and do that. And uh, that's all I got for tonight, Brian. All right. Yep. I think that's going to wrap it up. And um, guys, hey, as always, hunt safe, shoot straight. And most importantly, hey, just enjoy your time out there in God's great outdoors. We'll see you here next week.